There we go. Uh, it's starting recording, yes. Uh, hello, uh, welcome to Crackhead Theology. Um, I am your boy, your messy host, Frank. And uh, with me, I have a special guest this week. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Frank's old friend from uh, online D&D. My name is Amanda. Yeah. Uh, Amanda here. I met her on, where was it, Reddit? Or yeah. Was it, <laughs> it Roll20? I can't remember. <laughs> it was Reddit, and then we played through Roll20. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, uh, there's this thing called Dungeons & Dragons. Um, it was formerly known as Satan's Game. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we played it um, when, I think when the pandemic hit, or was it prior to that? I think it was prior. It was right? just before. Yeah, it was just before, and then we played it, and then life got in my way, so I couldn't play with um, her group anymore. But uh, we still keep in touch um, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, and I asked her to if she wants to come in the show, and she said yes for some odd reason. Uh, tell me why, actually. <laughs> I'm curious. Why Why did you agree? Uh, we haven't talked to each other in, like, months. And then, yeah. and then I came strolling in saying, hey, want to come to my podcast? And you're like, sure, why not? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely been a while. Um, I was excited to hear from you, and I love talking about spirituality and theology and religion. Um I pretty much will take any chance I can get. I love hearing about other people's experiences and um, discussing my own and things like that. So I've been looking forward to this. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, if I remember correctly, you did um, <clears throat> implement some of your spirituality in D&D game, right? If I, remember. I did, yeah. Yeah. And uh, can you tell the audience, um, you know, what you classify as, as everyone knows here, if Whoever watched the first episode, I am a partisan Christian. Um, I love Jesus, Team Jesus, uh, <laughs> and um, and you know anyone can disagree with whatever they believe. But uh, I am Jesus all the way. Um, so yeah, any do you have any titles, any indication of what you believe in, things like that? I don't know if I necessarily subscribe to any titles. Um, there isn't one sort of theological path that I follow more than any others. I think I just consider myself to be spiritual. Mm. Um, when people ask me, I'll typically say that I'm um, just spiritual or pagan sometimes, but I find like even that can be a little bit constricting with how people view uh, the word itself and the connotations behind it. So spiritual is just typically my descriptor of choice. Mm, okay yeah uh spiritual but not religious that's like the dating yeah. the dating app response right like that <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah i suppose that's a good way to put it yeah i've been to a couple of dating websites and that's like their main thing in in, the, in their religion section like which one do you want yeah. <laughs> um okay so spiritual but not religious um so yeah and um <clears throat> sorry about that my throat um <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, in all your years of living, um, can you tell me what is the path that you took? Like, how did you get to this place in your in your life? Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up um, 
in a Catholic family. My mm-hmm. grandparents on both sides were um, pretty heavily involved with the Catholic Church. One second, sorry. Hydration um, is important. Water is good. Absolutely. I, I also have water <laughs> here with me. I'll take a sip because my throat is killing me. <clears throat> good, good. Yeah, keep yourself hydrated. Don't let me like make you talk so much that you hurt yourself. Um, <laughs> but uh, so I grew up in the Catholic Church. Um, my mom volunteered for them often. Not anything to do with like. Um, you know, actively being part of the mass, but things like taking care of, um, we have these things called scripts that we sold, and I don't really remember what they were. I think they're basically just coupons. Oh, okay. You a pack of coupons. It's and been, it's been like a long time money. since I was a Catholic, so I actually don't know what it is. Yeah, no, that's totally fair. I don't know <laughs> if this is like a thing that's everywhere in Catholic churches, or if this is just like a my community Catholic church thing, but... Um, so we used to go in early every Sunday and mom would like pick up this lock box that had these coupons and whatever. But okay, okay. Um, my family being pretty involved in the Catholic church uh, prompted me to go to Catholic school for the first six years of my life for kindergarten through fifth grade. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and Catholicism and Christianity as a whole was something that I pretty blindly followed Mm. through the majority of my um, childhood and young adolescence. Um, Okay. I don't think it was really ever something I questioned, although I do remember a couple of times asking things like, well, what came before God? Mm -hmm. And there wasn't anything before God was always the answer I got, and that was never satisfying to me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I never really pushed the envelope too much in that regard i think i had other things yeah. in life that i was more focused on you know yeah like fifth um, grade you know crushes and stuff you know like that yeah exactly. <laughs> um and so like uh i went through my first communion in first grade and um i was baptized when i was a baby yeah uh, as well and then um my while I was still in this sort of Catholic stage of life, my grandfather on my mother's side passed away. Mm, Um, And I'm pretty close with my mom's side of the family. They all live in the town that I'm currently in right now. So um, we all saw each other multiple times a year. And my mom had four siblings. So like it was a big family, lots of cousins. (laughs) Um, And I'm still really close with my And religion was always just sort of a... um, just like a building block in the foundation of what we were as a family. Mm. Like on big holidays, we went to church together and that was just a thing, but we never talked about religion or God or anything like that outside of the church setting. We were a very like casual Catholic family, which I think is pretty common, at least around here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You're not wrong. It is pretty common. Yeah. And so as I got older, I don't remember exactly when it was but i started um taking basically like some sunday school sunday school classes for my confirmation um Mm. and confirmation is basically just like um being gifted the fire of the holy spirit and becoming an adult in the catholic church like you really officially become an adult member in the catholic church yeah oh wow i i Um, never experienced that i (laughs) 
<laughs> I, I left the Catholic Church pretty early. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and when it got, I think around that time, I must have been 14, 15. Mm, okay. um, that's my best estimate. I don't exactly remember when it was, but um, I was, you know, in the middle of my teenage years somewhere in there. So it was around that time that I started becoming pretty disenchanted with the whole thing because you know, as you get older, you start actually listening to the sermons instead of just, you know, sitting there coloring in a coloring book during Sunday Mass. <laughs> Sunday and so, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> just coloring. Um, calling to Jesus. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jesus poster. I'm yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, once I started, you know, sort of listening to these things, uh, listening to sermons and Mass and whatnot, and then these confirmation classes, which basically just further elaborated on um you know the teachings of jesus and um sort of different biblical stories that pertained to life in some way um and just the concept of having to live your life in a certain way or else be banished to this place of eternal suffering especially when we only get one life and if we mess it up that's it we don't have another chance that whole concept to me was terrifying mm -hmm. it became a religion of fear yeah and so like it was around that time and i was in like my final i don't know a couple of months of confirmation classes i think and i just told my mom i'm not going anymore and mm -hmm. We thought about it a little bit, but it was also something that she could tell I was already pretty decided on, so she didn't necessarily push it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I have a brother who's 10 years older than me who had also left the Catholic Church. Um, he had already been um, confirmed and like had received his confirmation name, which is basically you choose a saint... Um, revered by the Catholic Church, and they become your patron saint, and you take on their name as one of your middle names. I don't know. It's a whole thing. Oh, wow. Um, I, I yeah. never knew. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's I don't, pretty like, serious I Catholic don't, Church that you got there. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, like, I don't think you, like, legally change your name to that. I just think it's, like, something in the Catholic Church that's, like... I think it used to. confirmed, and here's your confirmation name. I think it used to, because, um, like, if you read stories about, you know, historical stories, um, there's a, a birth name and a baptismal name, I, I think. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and I think I think back, um, back in the day, you legally, ch like, change your name, because... Uh, yeah, that definitely could be. Yeah. Uh, that's how the government gets you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, but so, like, my brother had already been through all of that, and he didn't really, um, come to the conclusion that he sort of wanted to be done with Catholicism and with the Catholic Church until he was in late high school. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but so, at the time, when I was done with the Catholic Church, he was attending another church that he had been initially invited to by a friend of his, mm -hmm. um, and... I, I think they're literally just called the Assemblies of God. Like, I think that's a nationwide thing at the least. Assemblies because of I've God. heard other people let talk me, about them. Let me search it up real quick. Uh, you can continue. Your story. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm curious about this too. Assemblies of God. Yeah. Um, so. Okay. Um, 
yeah, so my brother, uh, my brother attended this church, and when he saw that I was kind of done in the Catholic Church, and I didn't really want to go anywhere else, it was, in my mind, I was sort of like, I'm going to finish high school, and then this is a big life thing that I'll figure out eventually. I wasn't thinking about religion when I was 15, 16 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, my brother invited me to come to this church with him, uh, and immediately i was super into the youth group because there were a lot of kids from school there that i didn't like necessarily talk to but that i thought were cool and like um that i would have liked to have been friends with and then also the youth pastor was incredibly attractive so well that's just a bonus (laughs) (laughs) that's like that's like one of the 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 main things that young uh young christians like always talk about is the hot youth pastor it's crazy (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. oh my gosh I, I can't say anything because because I was also attracted to my youth leader. Um, like she was. <laughs> hey man, like like there when <laughs> when 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 you look at them and you're like, wow, they're so mature and they're so you know uh-huh. all this and that, and then uh, of course you you you'll be attracted, but uh, yeah, exactly. Eventually, you'll be like, what the heck? I was so cringe. Uh, <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Yep. Uh, um, continue. <laughs> and by the way, I searched up Assemblies of God. Thank goodness it wasn't a cult. Uh. <laughs> oh, thank God. Although, honestly, it wouldn't surprise me. Um. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of cults out there that, that, that says they believe in Jesus and whatnot. But when you, look oh, at their, sure. when you look at their doctrines, it's like, we're not brothers in Christ. Like, you know that, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, we, we don't believe you, the same things we believe. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but so I started attending this youth group um, and everybody in this youth group was all, they were all uh, just very outgoing, very charismatic. Mm. Um, are these like co-ed like, or like, are these like just female, male? Cause it some, was co-ed. Okay. Because some denominations um, keep it separate for some odd reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's like purity. And I think there was an option to have like a women's group or a men's group and i think that was something you could go to if you wanted but yeah I yeah didn't ever. yeah th- that's more specialized um, yeah, yeah I, I understand that yeah yeah um but so like because of that group i started coming out of my shell and it got to the point where i remember i had been going to the youth group for a couple of weeks at that point and i just didn't have any friends and i didn't sit by anybody and i didn't talk to anyone Aww. and we had this like super bowl party or something like they were the quote cool church like they still <laughs> watch sports and had sports parties and, uh like they watched the grammys or whatever like they had all these you know, get-togethers in the church where people, it basically like a potluck, people would bring food and, like, dress nice, and they'd have it on the big screen, whatever. Yeah, that's, um, that's pretty nice. I just, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the church, the people of the church were cool. Um, it was just <laughs> once we got a little bit deeper into the paint of that, that I was a little bit like, woo, what do you I mean? should leave. <laughs> I'll get to that. Okay, okay, um, okay. all right, all right. <laughs> okay i was getting ahead of myself i was just curious (laughs) oh you're fine i'm gonna get to it trust me um but so like uh it was during this like super bowl party that i was like you know what i'm tired of being a wallflower and i just made myself go out there and talk to people and i ended up sitting by a couple of girls during like that youth group service and then i cried when i got home because i had been so anxious all night and then it just all built up until it all came crashing down but after (laughs) that 
I legitimately was a more outgoing person. Like, oh, nice. I wanted to talk to people. I wanted to get to know people. I wanted to have more friends. Because yeah. I had a close-knit friend group, but I never went outside of that until after I started going to this youth group. That's great. Um, yeah, like, this youth group was pretty foundational in how I built myself into a person when I was in high school. Mm. Um, and so, uh, at one point... I think it had been after I had been going there for a little over a year or so, they had this summer Christian Bible camp sort of thing. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, it's it, every and, summer. Every summer it's always like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so these girls that I had become friends with, they were all going and they were like, will you please go? We want you to come. It's really fun. It's on a lake and we go swimming and they have like speed boats and we go tubing, <laughs> like all this stuff. And I was like, yo, this sounds like a great time. Of course I'm going to go. <laughs> so I begged and begged and begged my mom to go to this youth group camp. That was like a six hour drive North. Um, That's far. And like we all, yeah. And like we all got on a bus together. It was like this That's youth spiritual retreat that's crazy um, i like that <laughs> yeah um and like i'm from minnesota and we have just a ton of natural forest areas like Ooh, the further nice. north you go the more and more like trees and foresty areas you get once you get past the twin cities um mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so like we got up really into the thick of it just we were driving through forest for like an hour and a half before we got to this camp um and it was a lot of fun. And like the first two days, it was like great. And everything was great. It was just like most of the day we had free time. There was one like two hour period during the day where we had this large group activity. And like one of the days we had a water balloon and flower fight. So basically they just gave us a ton of water balloons and a cup full of flour. Uh, <laughs> and they were like, go nuts. <laughs> and like the flower was all like colored and stuff so some of it was like pink some of it was blue and we just i don't know it was a lot of fun and <laughs> like it wasn't super jesus-y like i was like oh this is gonna be like we're gonna pray all the time but it wasn't we yeah. had like an hour and a half service during dinner um where like we just got to eat and like listen to one of the youth pastors talk and then we had more free time <laughs> but like the third day we had this big, like, I don't know, we started the morning off with this, like, two-hour service. Okay. Um, and it was the type of thing where, like, they had the Christian band where, like, they had the guitars and drums and everything. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I didn't dislike it, but then they were like, this evening after dinner we're going to go into a time of reflection where you'll spend time with one of our adult leaders talking oh. about um like your path with jesus and things like that yeah. and so okay. i was like man that sounds kind of lame and i don't like to talk about myself that much but okay i guess <laughs> um because like because of my time as a catholic i just very much had this guilty mindset that i was like well, every time you have fun, you're doing something sinful, so you better repent. Mm, and, like, okay. this church didn't encourage that kind of thing. Like, they weren't that type of church. But I still had that Catholic guilt left over from uh, when I was younger in the church. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so um, we went and we started talking to these, uh, like, youth leaders, these adult youth leaders or whatever. Um <clears throat> And uh, 
I was told that, um, like, they placed this specific importance on receiving the Holy Spirit's gift of tongues. Ah, you know? it's one of those, it's one of the churches. Yes, I, I do know. Um, yeah. Are you curious about that by any chance? What, what, what I... I... I can explain um, it if you want. <laughs> no, no, I, I know what it is. I was just, um, it's just basically it, this language that only God can understand. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, basically. And so, <laughs> some, okay. Yeah, and so, they were like... Yeah, and, and, and some churches put a lot of emphasis on it, which I yep. really disagree with. Um, some people Me can... Too. Some people can have it, but you don't have to have it in order to, you know, be effective in your life. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but basically, this church was saying, like, you know that you reach the point of salvation when you can speak in tongues. Ah, uh, that's where I disagree. So, yeah, that's where I disagree. Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> yeah, Yeah, no. Um, and so it was there were maybe 50 kids at this camp in total. It wasn't huge. Um, but basically like everyone, like they split us into three different groups. Um, and like a third of us would be in listening to like the church service going on. Um, a third of us would be, uh, sitting with these youth leaders on an individual basis, talking to them one-on-one. And then the third of us were outside. um, And they basically told us, like, write the things you feel most guilty about and write your biggest regrets on a piece of paper and then throw it into the fire. Like, give it to God and throw it into the fire, whatever. Okay, okay. Um, But so I remember, I don't really remember the sermon about it. I just remember them talking about, you know, the... Uh, apostles received the fire of the Holy Spirit and we need the fire of the Holy Spirit in us which comes mm-hmm. out as speaking in tongues basically Okay. okay. Um, but then I do remember sitting with this youth leader woman and she was a woman probably in her 40s or 50s I think she was a mom of somebody at the camp or something like that mm-hmm. um, and like she had some sort of maybe not leadership position, but like a position of having been established in the church for a while. Okay. Um, and so it, we basically just sat there and we talked for a couple minutes and she's like, you just need to let your mind go. You need to let happen whatever's going to happen and it'll come naturally. You need to ask Jesus to receive, um, ask the Holy Spirit to receive this gift of, you know, you want the fire, you want this gift of tongues and it'll come to you. Mm -hmm. And then she just sits there for the next like 30, 35 minutes speaking in tongues in prayer. Okay. And we're supposed to at least try once before they dismiss us. And I remember looking around and seeing all these other kids, um, just sort of being able to fall into this and they just did it. And I was like, there's something wrong with me. I feel like I would sound dumb as hell. I don't, I don't know what to do. I can't just open my mouth and make sound. It's not going to come out like words. It's just going to come out like me screaming. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I don't know what you want me to do here. And so 
I just sat for a little while and listened to what the guy next to me, the guy that was like sitting just a little ways away from me was uh-huh. doing. And I just kind of started mimicking him. Can you do and, that sound now? Do, do you want to? Oh, God. <laughs> um, probably. Okay, can you do it? J- just for the audience. Uh, yeah, for yeah, those, yeah. For, I, I for, keep forgetting I'm doing a podcast here. Uh, for those who don't know, I'm going to explain this now. Um, the gift of tongues. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm echoing on your part. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah, it's fine. That's okay. Technical difficulties. It happens. It happens. Oh, I'm hearing myself again oh my god okay try now uh, hello hello uh i think i'm still echoing a little bit yep i am still echoing <laughs> i'm so sorry that's okay that's okay i'll just mute myself until you're done and then i'll figure out what's going on yeah, yeah it's fine um so for those who don't know um the gift of tongues were given to the apostles when the Holy Spirit came down, um, they were praying and then the Holy Spirit came down on them and they started speaking in um, different languages for different people. And that was a gift from the Holy Spirit in order for them to start the ministry. Um, do I still believe that the gift of tongues is still there? Yes, uh, of course. But as um, Amanda um, described, some churches make it so that it's like very important for your salvation, which is there's no evidence in the Bible where all Christians were able to speak in tongues. Um, So that's why I disagree with that um, in that regard. Some people can, and and this is like the language of angels. Um, So when people speak in tongues, someone needs to be there to interpret it. Otherwise, um, people who are new to the church would think we're crazy which actually the Apostle Paul wrote it in his letter, warning churches saying, hey, if you're going to speak in tongues, don't just speak in tongues out of nowhere because some people are new and they're going to think we're crazy. Have someone interpret it, even do it in private so that it's not going to interrupt the service. Um, so yeah, it's just my one piece about the uh, gift of tongues and and uh, how important it is. It is important, but it's not so important that if you can't speak in tongues you're not saved for those of you who grew up in churches like that and are doubting your salvation please do not um if you put all your trust in jesus at one point and you 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 keep on trusting him and you you bet everything on him you're in good hands um so yeah that's about it uh amanda um maybe we can fix this now this uh, audio thing hello hello I'm not echoing anymore, but you seem far away. <laughs> Am I still super far away? Uh, kind of, yes. How about now? Still far away. Go ahead. Oh, what's going on? How's this? Oh, there we go. There we go. That's that's closer now. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. So right. yeah, so yeah, the, that's just uh, the piece of explanation for gift of tongues. Of course, there's there's more, um, but um, that's that's just you know what what I know. Again, I don't have any credentials, but I do know stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I do know some yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's guys. basically the boat I'm into. <laughs> so yeah, um, so yeah, hearing my explanation, uh, what do you think about um, the gift of tongues with uh, that explanation? Um. I definitely think that it can be 
um, like a viable gift to believers, to people who have, um, you know, received salvation in a Christian sense. And um, this is sort of something that uh, I don't ever, like, even though I have left the Catholic Church and I don't necessarily find myself following um, Christian-based belief sets anymore, um, I definitely don't think that anybody who follows Christianity as it is meant to be followed um, is in the wrong. I don't look down on really any system of beliefs because that's the biggest thing is we don't know. Like, if it's what you feel and what you resonate with best, um, I don't think you're in the wrong, really, ever. Unless okay. you're, you know, actively hurting people or going out of your way to prevent others from seeking their own way in life. Okay. I think you know, as long as your beliefs are your own and you're not trying to force them on anyone else, I don't think there's any sort of problem with it. Okay. That's that's a good answer. Um, I, I won't get canceled anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be fair, I, I uh, my goal in this, uh, that's why I named it Crockett Theology, is that we're, we're going to be talking about spicy stuff. And if I get canceled, I think I did my job correctly. Um, yeah, for sure, for sure. But, uh, but yeah, this is, uh, again, for those who are listening, um, if you feel offended at some point in time, please check yourself first before getting offended. Um, see where the, the offense is coming from. And then come back and enjoy the laughters and the conversation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So, you went through um, the Catholic Church, then went to, I, I'm assuming, a Protestant church because the gift of tongues is not a Catholic thing. Um, right. And then now you're stuck in a room trying to um, basically replicate it using the help yeah. of the guy next to you. <laughs> yeah. And I just like, <laughs> Like, I ended up doing it, and at the time, I felt like I had it down, and I felt like I got it. But yeah. um, another big part of what happened there that changed my mind so much about this church, um, there was a girl that, uh, like, started in the room where you talked one-on-one -on -one to a youth leader. Okay. Um, and she had been trying, and... Um, like, I saw her go into that room. It was, like, in the front part of this church building. Um, okay. Sort of like a lobby area. And it was closed off both from, you know, the outside where we had the fire thing going on and from the... Um, uh, I can't think of the word for, like, where you gather for the actual... But, oh, like the, um, um, like the worship hall or, like, atrium? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so that lobby area was closed off from both but as i came out of the worship service and like went to go meet with you know the youth leader yeah. um she was still with hers trying and they were like you have to try at least once before we can let you move on to the next thing yeah, yeah, yeah. um and so the bell went off when i was done uh when my group was done and so we all moved outside but that girl was still sitting there with the same, like, youth leader. Like, wow. she, I wasn't close enough to hear what was going on, but I assumed, like, 
you know, she's probably embarrassed or Mm -hmm. she probably feels similarly to how I did. Like, I'm going to sound dumb. Like, I can't. And so, um, I remember at one point, uh, when we were outside doing this whole, like, write your sins and regrets and burn them. Um, she like came out of the church to go toward her, uh, like we each had cabin buildings, like the girls were in a cabin building and the guys were in a different one. But um, she like came out of the hall to go toward her cabin building and it looked like she had been crying. And I just, I remember feeling so sorry for her because I didn't know, you know, what had gone on, but I'm sure that, you know, it was probably some sort of performance anxiety or social anxiety where yeah, yeah. she just couldn't bring herself to do it. And they obviously didn't do well enough to, you know, it, you could have just let her go to the next thing to learn about it then, or to go outside and be with her friends at this bonfire thing and like do something to take her mind off of this, stressful requirement you've put on us Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely Um, and like they're i think the youngest kids at the camp were 14 or 15 i don't know how old that girl was but at the time i was 17 and i was like oh oh i don't like that Mm. and so like just during the sermon part of that three group thing they very much were like you know you have reached salvation when you can speak in tongues. And so I know there was at least some sort of pressure there. Like, yeah, this is how we know you've received Jesus in your heart. Like, if you can't do this, we wow. don't, you know. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, yeah. So I don't know. That whole thing left me pretty disenchanted with the church <laughs> as a whole. And I know yeah. that not all, not all denominations are like that, but I think even just, um, like oh. in extension of Christianity as a whole I still think that sort of this fear of you know you have to live your life according to the things we decide otherwise mm. you're going to go to hell mm, so it's like performance like, based um, kind of thing right yeah, like a check, like, like a checklist of things that you you have to do. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and like, once I got even a little bit older, this was maybe when I got twenty one, twenty two years old. Um, it it just, I ended up attending um, a Reformed Baptist church, mm-hmm. and it's <clears throat> nothing like Southern Baptist. Like, they're not. <laughs> completely <laughs> um, but uh, we do not condone anything just, that happened during the Southern Baptist thing whatever yeah, that happened nope. <laughs> we don't yeah as a, uh, speaking as a Christian we, we don't condone that <laughs> yeah we don't we don't talk about the Southern Baptists <laughs> uh, we do it's just we we, we, we actually roast them for it it's like it's crazy that what they did yeah. down there <laughs> yeah but yeah um, continue but so, like, I went to this Reformed Baptist church, and this was another place that I just felt so overwhelmed with how much they were trying to guilt trip the people in the church. What were they doing? Like, it just, 
I don't remember what the exact example was um, in regards to the sermon, but the last sermon that I attended at this church was basically like, if you don't think you're in the right spot with Jesus, you should be smelling hellfire. You should be smelling smoke. You are in danger. And like, I just was immediately so put off by it because <laughs> they, you know, I had listened to these sermons before where it was like, um, like about uh, wives submitting to their husbands and mm-hmm. like, you know, if your husband decides that this is something, you know, the family needs and you disagree, you have to pray on it and you have to ask God for the understanding of how a man's mind works in regards to his family. Did they talk about the second half of that verse? <laughs> I mean, I just remembered that part, so okay. they very well Cause, might have. Because but... there, there is a second half there. A lot of people don't talk about that. Um, we'll talk about it later, but uh, but yeah, there is a second half to that, folks. Uh, just so you is, know. <laughs> um, is it also like husbands have to respect their wives? No, husband? it's it's um, so wives submit to your husbands as as uh, the ch- as wives submit your husbands as the church submits to Jesus, and then um, husbands love your wives as Jesus loved the church and died for her. So, yeah. So it's both like um, the husband needs to think about the wife first and the wife needs to think about the husband first. So it's an equal mutual respect and love. Um, but people don't talk about that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they, they go I to mean, the respect part and, <laughs> and then stop. <laughs> yeah. Um, they definitely did talk about that part of it, but it wasn't so much phrased as like, this has to be an equal exchange thing as like, Husbands, you need to be forgiving when your wife doesn't understand. But that doesn't mean that, you know, in saying that, they weren't saying you need to try to understand where your wife is coming from. It was just more, you have to understand that sometimes your wife will be disagreeable. (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. That is insane. Um, Uh, Yeah. uh, I (laughs) I was so turned off by that that I was like, I don't, I don't want more of this yeah like um and even though i haven't done you know an extensive amount of research into other denominations to see if there are things that would fit me better um it was once i started exploring the concept of what life and death is and um the divine power beyond it, whatever that may be, that was more so when I started feeling at peace Mm. with um, life and interacting with others and um, just having a broad, you know, foundation of understanding um, that, you know, everybody should be... um, free to believe what they want and they shouldn't have to feel forced into believing anything for any reason be that fear or societal expectation oh i agree um, yeah expectation yeah um but i feel like there's always going to be a part of me 
that sort of subscribes to the whole concept of Pascal's wager, which is like um, humans oh. wager their lives when it comes to whether or not they're going to believe in God. And so you might as well live your life in a way that would be, you know, pleasing to um, the stereotypical image of a godly life, that mm -hmm. being, yeah. you know, not immoral, not overly indulgent, not um, needlessly cruel, yeah. just in case, you know, he's real or just in case the concept of God holds some sort of weight. You haven't lost anything by being a good person, a basically. quote unquote, godly person. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Interesting. All right. Thank you for sharing. Uh, is there any more um, after that event? Um, because now you, you you're a, a magic practitioner or some of some sort like you do tarot readings and stuff and i'm pretty sure you've explored way more <laughs> yeah yeah um i don't know if i would necessarily go so far as to call it magic um i suppose in a way that it could be considered uh as such and that sort of stereotypically in past views of things like, um, you know, divining and tarot reading and mm -hmm. um, things of that nature. I suppose that people have called and considered it to be magic. Yeah. Um, and so I can't entirely disagree in that sense, but I find that calling it magic invites a sort of mysticism that takes away from the seriousness of what it is which is reading signs from the universe from mm -hmm. the divine beyond humanity whatever that may be yeah that's what it's called divination right yep yeah and um yeah i'm i'm, I'm curious um what um si since you're on this path of um being a diviner is that what it's called diviner is that is that what it is uh yeah yeah um, what, since you have like a Christian background, do you know what, um, what, I'm curious what you've heard from us, like from anyone you know about, um, magic or divining and all that? In all honesty, I haven't looked into it too much. I know that, um, there is at least one place in the Bible where it denounces people who um like practice magic or practice things like divination mm, um yeah but i couldn't give you any specifics i suppose yeah yeah um yeah for those who are listening um uh if you profess to love jesus and that um you put your trust in him um, magic is something that we are banned to do. <laughs> I'll explain later why. Uh, it, it's it's not because like God's like oh wow no 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 you can't use me no there there's a there's a good reason why, um, <laughs> and and maybe that's gonna be one of Amanda's questions later, um, for me because she did say she did say she has some questions. <laughs> I do indeed. Yeah. Um, so yeah, thank you for sharing. Uh, it's very interesting and. You know, I, I've heard a lot of stories about um, things like that, about how the church has turned them off from the faith, which is quite sad, to be honest with you. <laughs> I'm, like, it's, it's really sad to hear those stories because um, 
like I would love to have more Team Jesus on, you know, more people on our team. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's, yeah. that's what I want, right? Like, because because I I love Jesus so much because um, the Jesus that I know, um, the Jesus that is in the Bible is is far different than than what the stories portray. Um, which saddens me because it means that a lot of these people turn away from Jesus without actually knowing who he really is. And when, you know, me or some other person wants to introduce Jesus to them again, they're kind of put off by it. So they're not even going to try anymore, um, which is sad because it's, it's basically it's basically turning away a love letter from someone who you didn't know, but someone impersonated that person to turn you off from him. You know what I mean? I, I, that's the yeah, analogy absolutely. that I could get. <laughs> that's the yeah, analogy that no, I could I <laughs> Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think the way that, um, and I don't often speak in, um, you know, sort of large, uh, largely encapsulating statements, but I feel like modern society's portrayal of Christians and Christianity is so far removed from what the basis of Christianity is. And I feel like, um, you know, there are large groups of Christians, there are entire churches who fall exactly into how society wants to portray Christians. Uh, I suppose the most prominent example would be the Southern Baptist Church, um, or like the Westboro Baptist Church. Yeah. And just, um, you know, falling into these worldly patterns of hatred mm-hmm. that are so unbased in the teachings of Jesus that they have absolutely no place in Christianity. Mm-hmm. And yet, when people, you know, when people think of just the image of Christianity in their heads, oftentimes, if they're not actively involved in a Christian society, they're going to think of things like, you know, the examples of the Westboro Baptist Church or Southern Baptists. Yeah, or, like uh, um, judgmental, you know, violent. Um, yeah. Yeah, all those. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's, and, it's, it's um, very sad. Continue. It is. Um, and like the experience that I have with the churches and the denominations that I've, um, I mean, experienced basically. Um, I know that that is not, uh, that's not necessarily how Christianity is meant to be. And I feel like I have a good understanding of what God is and the teachings of Jesus and how Christianity is meant to be explored and interpreted and even though i've had these negative experiences i don't let them completely mar the whole of christianity because i know what it's supposed to be Mm. i know this overwhelming love and acceptance um that is at the base of jesus's teachings Mm -hmm. there are just certain things that there aren't proper answers provided for me in Christianity, and that's sort of why I've pulled myself away from that realm. Okay. But I fully respect, um, you know, the concept of what Christianity is. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Um, because there are some people who are antagonistic after experiencing negative things. 
Um, yeah, for sure. But but it's it's good that you are um, you're quite open, and I'm glad that you're here, um, telling your story to others. Um, so yeah, uh, now we are going to move forward to our question and answer, um, cool. because I, I I do want to honor your you know your questions. I I, I and I also have some um, questions regarding. Um, how you live your life now, how you um, deal with, uh, like, what's your worldview, how you deal with people, things like that, too. So, um, who who wants to start, you or me? <laughs> um, I'll start off since I've been doing a lot of talking. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Ask me, ask me any questions that you might have, um, and I will, I will do my best to not talk your ear off. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm happy to listen. Um, so one of the first questions I had, um, knowing that you are a Christian, did you ever have a period in your life where you had sort of more skeptical questions or when you were first starting to come to terms with um, the concept of theology and what life is and what life is beyond death? Um, did you ever ask anybody these sort of gnawing questions and what was the reaction to them? Were they accepting of these questions? Did they immediately shut that kind of mindset down? Um, that is a great question. Uh, I'm probably the worst person to ask that to because I am a self-taught learner. Oh, okay, that's cool. <laughs> um, truth, truth has been um, in my, I guess, mind, blood since I was a child. Since I was a child, I knew that the world is not all physical. Um, there's yeah. something out there. there. There's something. I, 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 you know, I prayed. Um, I actually got into. It's so cringe when you're a kid. You just try a bunch of crap. Uh, I got into like yeah. wiki wiki magic. It's crazy. Oh. <laughs> um, like you know, you search up spells online and they give you a bunch yeah. of bunch of stuff. And I don't know if they yeah, work yeah. or not, but it's pretty dangerous to do that. You don't know what you're invoking. Totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. But uh, but yeah, I, I I knew as a kid that there's something out there, and and as I I was actually afraid of hell too. Uh, you're not the only one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I think that's super valid. Yeah, I was I was pretty afraid of hell, and then I came across this book called Pilgrim's Progress. Have you have you heard about that book? I have not. Yeah, it's 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 a story, uh, an allegory about. Um, basically what it means to meet Jesus, to be a Christian, and, and to basically um, be free. Mm. And, and and during that time when I was afraid of hell, I was so freaking scared. I was trying everything. I was like, did I did I do a good job today? You know, did I outweigh my bad deeds with my good deeds? And then, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. And then that Pilgrim's Progress book just made me realize... I am a terrible human being and I can't do jack anything to change my destination. But Jesus did something for me 2,000 years ago, which is take on my sin, exchange it for his righteousness, basically perfection. So even though I failed, I still get to be with him because he did all the work. And from then on, I want to, you know, live a good life. Not because so that God will love me, but because he already does. And, and that's like that, that hit me hard. 
<laughs> like that that hit me real hard and and ever since then i've been you know struggling um and, and i've been seeking the truth and of course i had doubts um like science uh w- w- there was a phase in my life in high school when science was the you know science and religion right uh, you've heard the arguments mm-hmm. oh yeah <laughs> and and i'm like I'm like hearing these podcasts, hearing these debates, and then and then listening to these like and I I I, I learned all that I could in, in the amount of time that I had, and the conclusion that I had was um, during that time is that the world makes sense only because it's far it's it's beyond what we know. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like like, yeah, totally. like 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 this world is so complex and bizarre and and things you can't explain and it's that way because it's it's it makes sense that way and and because there's something bigger out there. Um, for those who are listening who do not agree with me, I totally understand that. Um, but this is my experience, so um, hopefully, do not flame me too much. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, that's. Um, I even, uh, sorry, I forgot the the main question, but I think I think I answered it. Um, no, you ho- totally did. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Yeah, yeah, but but yeah, I'm a self taught learner. I I didn't ask anyone um, because when I had questions, I always like go to YouTube or like the books or you know, yeah, things like that, lectures and stuff like that. So yeah, that's fair. That's super cool to hear. I don't know literally any other self-taught christians so that's really cool to hear yeah uh i I could have grown better if i had a mentor so whenever i meet new christians i tell them get a mentor (laughs) because because i don't want them to experience what i did uh it was it was like being on a boat in the storm of ideas and 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 deciding what stance i have you know what i mean like what what do i like how do i like what do i believe in like where do I stand my ground? Where do I just let it go? You know, things like that. Um, yeah. yeah. Have a good foundation. So, but yeah, get a mentor. Whoever is listening to this, new Christians, get a mentor. <laughs> <laughs> but if you really hate the idea of having a mentor, then I don't know, just like learn yourself, but it's going to take some time. Um, yeah. But yeah, that, that's just how it is. Yeah. Uh, next question, if you have any. <laughs> yeah. Um so then, uh, did you grow up in an environment that sort of um, was considered to have a central religion? So like in your household or your family or even larger in the community that you grew up in, were most people one sort of religion or did they follow one sort of central spiritual belief normally? I should have asked you that, <laughs> but but you answered it. Like your family too, right? Your family is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for those who don't know, I grew up in Philippines, and Philippines is a Catholic nation. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. So everyone is quote unquote Catholic, um, but but as you said, there's a lot of casual Catholics, really. Yeah. They only go like some Sundays, definitely funerals and weddings. Yep. Um, yep. That's it. That's baptism too, but that's about it. I, <laughs> yep. A lot of them don't go to church. Um, I grew up Catholic too, uh, which is like um, super crazy because you grew up Catholic, and mm-hmm. the my guess 
from episode one was a Catholic. So I'm really curious um, if you met him, <laughs> if you like, if you ever met. I wonder what the interaction would be like. <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting. Um, but yeah, he's a Catholic um, now, and I was a former Catholic. You're a former Catholic, so um, I, I must say the worldview growing up. As I said, at a pretty young age, I knew that there was something out there. Um, and of course, I was introduced to Jesus at one point, but I didn't really get it. You know, I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> like, who is that guy hanging on the cross? It's Jesus. Our God. Really? <laughs> he died? Our God died? <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Christianity is weird, guys. Like, like any other religion, like uh, there's a lot out there. Um, a lot of them, their, their gods do die, but from the hands of other gods. Um, our god died because some Roman soldier was too too pussy to make a decision. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, pardon my language, but yeah, that, that's basically it. So yeah, he had, Jesus was done dirty. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, growing up, I knew there was something bigger out there. Um, I didn't even consider other religions, partly because... Uh, I did wasn't exposed to them. I was exposed to magic because you know how the media portrays magic. Harry Potter, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I got into that. Thank goodness I didn't continue that because I don't know what trouble. Because there's a lot of witchcraft in in Philippines. Did you know? Oh, I didn't. That's interesting. It's a lot of voodoo and witchcraft. I don't know where they came from, but there are a lot of them there. And I think if I continued my path, it, it would have been bad. And I'm echoing mm. again, by the way. <laughs> Sorry. That's fine. Is it gone again or is it still echoing? It, it, it's gone now. Um, okay. But yeah, I... I uh, yeah, to answer your question, short. Sorry about that. Uh, I did no, grow up. Uh, I did grow up uh, in, in a religion. And eventually, I... I met... Jesus, that that's the best way I can describe it. When you when you meet someone who created the entire universe, your life just changes one way oh, or yeah. another. One way or another, like like if if someone says, "Yeah, I met Jesus," and and nothing changed with them, it's kind of crazy, um, because if you read Jesus' story, every time he shows up, people need to make a decision about who he is and what he's here for. Every single time, there's no middle ground with him um so yeah that, that's just my two-piece bonus uh sorry about that <laughs> but yeah that, that's my answer <laughs> i'm yeah, so yeah. i'm so bad at answering I'm, i don't know no no you're fine <laughs> i'm so good at answering like i'm asking questions but i'm so bad at answering them in any case that's okay <laughs> in any case uh i guess uh, i will ask you a question now um yeah so so growing up you you did experience in the church right um yeah. so let me ask you um you and you also did say that you had good friends there um so what were the influences that they had on you like your friends did on your development as a young woman you know teenager young woman to the woman that you are now hmm. let's see when you talk about um like friends do you mean just the friends i had in the church or friends outside the church as well no any any friends who profess to be christians and are living like it like like we're not gonna we're not gonna include the professing christians but then they live like total 
I don't know <laughs> what to say. Yeah, no, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like those who do and say what they believe, you know. Um, like like the 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 proper ones, I guess we could say. Let's see. That's a good question. So, um, almost all of these friends, um, that I had through church that were probably some of the strongest examples of Christians that I had in my life. Um, they just had this consistency about them. Okay. Um, you know, it was a type of thing where they never missed church unless they were sick. Mm. They, um, were very on top of, um, you know, reading their Bible and spending time in the word. And, um, I don't necessarily know if I can say that that's something I learned from them because my sense of consistency is pretty lacking. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, part of that is due to, um, I have ADHD, Mm -hmm. um, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. And so, you know, it's always the type of thing where I set intentions and I mean to do things like read my Bible every day and mm-hmm. make it out to church every Sunday. But um, just sort of my failing in those areas, I don't think it was any sort of good influence on my mindset. Because these types of things would happen. Um, and I had a Bible study that I went to um can't remember if it was every Wednesday or every other Wednesday. Um, and we would do that before youth group meeting. But if I happened to not get around to a particular reading or um, not make it to church for a week or two in a row because I had other things going on and I just happened to be too tired on a Sunday or, mm-hmm. um, or like, I didn't think it was that important. So I would just like listen to some worship music and then continue my day. Yeah. Um, And so I don't know if these friends I had really had any directly good influence moments. I definitely was, um, I suppose, during that time in my life, I was a lot less likely to um, consume quote-unquote secular media. So, like, today's popular music would be considered secular by that church's standard. Drugs, drugs, alcohol, alcohol, whoa, whoa. (laughs) Wap, wap. I was never really a party kid. Um, I was always kind of, uh, I'd rather be, you know, playing board games or reading or you know, doing other things other than going out and drinking. I didn't drink at all until I got to college. That's um, good. And even then, uh, I only drank before I was 21 when I went on a trip to Europe with my marching band. Um, That's pretty cool. I was because, you know, 18 is the legal drinking age over there. So I tried wine <laughs> and I wasn't really a fan yeah, of drinking fine. in general. Um, <laughs> so I just kind of didn't. Um And even still, I'm not the type of person who really casually reaches for any kind of alcohol. I'll have wine on special occasions and, like, 
a mixed drink if I go out with friends or something, but even still. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, but so um, I was probably a lot less um, subject to things like, you know, secular activities or sexual music or, you know, other media because of those friends. Mm. Like, we got into Christian music artists together, like Toby Mac and Francesca Battistelli and oh wow um, the yeah they existed um, back in those days I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Listen here, I'm not hey man that old hey man no man in the Philippines like like <laughs> media from the West doesn't come to us until like a couple of years later it's crazy because our internet oh, okay. like yeah that makes especially sense. in the province because there's not a lot of internet connection there we actually went outside and played isn't that crazy yeah yeah <laughs> I think that's fair too. <laughs> But yeah, just I'm just I'm just kidding. But, um, but yeah, 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 that's that's cool. So so your friends, um, I guess, influenced your taste in music, but not really your uh, you know Bible reading and all that stuff. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I would try, and there was always the expectation that we would have things like if we were talking about, you know, oh, I'm reading through the Book of Job right now. We'd be like, yeah, we could all check that out, and then. You know, sometimes I would, and sometimes it would just fall by the wayside because I had school and other things to focus on. Yeah, yeah, So, in a way, I suppose they were a little bit influential in that way. But for the most part, it just sort of contributed to the guilt I felt over not getting these things done. Yeah, it all all goes back to, like, performance-based again, isn't it? Yeah, 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 for sure. Which is totally, like, it's it's like putting the cart before the horse. (laughs) When it comes to, um, because we only love reading the Bible because Jesus loves us. Not, not we read the Bible so that Jesus loves us. You know what I mean? Like, like it's totally the opposite of what the goal is, which is nuts to me. Uh, because, because teachers should know this and why are they teaching kids? Like you need to read your Bible so that Jesus would love you. Kind of, kind of like defeats the purpose. Um, exactly. Yeah. um, Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Reading the Bible. Uh, Good. Uh, I I like year plans. Uh, for those who are listening, year plans are these amazing things on the app, Bible app, where you can read the Bible for an entire year. But if you do it in a religious way and you're not enjoying it, like what's the point? <laughs> yeah. What is the point? It's reading the Bible is meant to be communication with your Father in heaven. So why are you making it like a chore? That's like saying, yeah, I'm calling my mom. Not because I love her, but because it's like I had to do it. <laughs> like, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> why would you do that? <laughs> it doesn't yeah, make sense. That's a super good way of looking at it. I don't think I've ever thought of it that way, but that's really it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it, God is a father. He would appreciate it if you like called, you know, and and he would he would answer you. Um, yeah. And you know, and he's not forcing you to do anything. It's just it's nice. It's nice to communicate with your sons and daughters <laughs> it's just nice yeah. <laughs> um but yeah a uh, second uh, question since you know you asked me two questions um mm-hmm. it seems from from your story it seems that the holy spirit has been like an active theme throughout the entirety of your journey um so i'm curious now what's your view on the holy spirit and w- what do you think is his role in the world and in the lives that we have sure um so my 
viewing of the concept of the Trinity. Um, I guess it was something that sort of really deeply confused me, and yet at the same time, I felt like I understood it perfectly. <laughs> Welcome to the concept of the Trinity. <laughs> yeah, and like, like, okay, if you don't think about it, yeah, the concept of the Christian God is that it's, you know, three things at once, and they're all the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Don't think about it any deeper, and I can accept that at surface level. Um, <laughs> But, uh, Which is like the most conclusion of some people, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but so uh, sort of going forward in my spirituality, I still do in a way revere the concept of the Holy Spirit in that this divine power, whatever it happens to be, definitely has a place in the soul and at the basis of every human like you know you can look at the existence of life from a scientific lens and be like yeah this is just how it is mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. we have um an entity that is ourselves that is housed within these bodies cool but if you don't think there's something mystical about that, I don't know what's wrong with you. Yeah, I, like, uh, for, for atheist viewers out there, she, it's her opinion. <laughs> please, yeah, do, please do I, not I blame. Don't, yeah, don't cancel. Yeah, don't cancel me, me. <laughs> or us. <laughs> um, um, we are entitled to our own opinion. Um, since you know, yeah. Uh, but yeah, what's wrong with you? <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> Sorry, I don't want to get you in trouble with your viewers. That's, That's okay. totally That's okay. my opinion. <laughs> That's fine, that's fine, that's fine. Uh, um, but yeah, it's continue. Just like, <laughs> yeah. It's just funny. I it's, <laughs> it's just funny to me. <laughs> um, I, I think it's good and fine to try to explain things scientifically. If you're into that, awesome. Like, that's a really cool endeavor um, to take on to try to have a way to scientifically explain everything. And I'm sure people will argue with me that science can explain everything. I don't know enough about the science of the concept of life to even begin to be able to argue with somebody who says that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my whole thing is, this is what I believe, and it's something I feel with the entirety of my being, that mm -hmm. life itself is something beautiful, and not everything that exists in this world has the gift of sentience and has the gift of having, I mean, what I and many others call a soul. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. you can look at a rock. It's not going to care if you step on it. It's not going to care if it gets crushed because there's no sentience there. It is a part of the universe that isn't... Hmm. I feel like this is fragile wording. <laughs> That's okay. Um, we can get canceled anytime anyway. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, you got me there. Yeah. Um, but it just... There's something to life that is more than what things like rocks and concrete have. Mm -hmm, you know? Mm -hmm, yeah. Um, 
you know, if absolutely everything in our universe was alive and had some form of sentience, be that the sentience of a human being or the faux sentience of a jellyfish or an amoeba, I'm not <laughs> saying those are the same. They're just two examples. <laughs> um, some, like, some scientists will disagree. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Um, but like, you know, you can argue for everything having a soul, but at the end of the day, you know, humans have this understanding of what it means to question life. Mm -hmm. That there's some mysticism there. There's something more to that yeah. than, you know, everything else. And I'm sorry... I don't exactly remember the original question, so maybe I answered it, maybe I didn't. No, it was it was about like the Holy Spirit and what you think of it. But oh uh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But I think so I think even I, though I don't subscribe to Christian beliefs, yeah, it's but, still. I think you answered it in, in a kind of roundabout way because um, the concept of the Holy Spirit is far richer. Um, it goes back to like Jewish traditions. We actually get our yeah. most of our theology from Jewish. So, for, like again, from from our last episode, we we did say that our theology, we, we built upon it from Jewish theology. So we didn't make it up, <laughs> you know, like we didn't, yeah. we didn't definitely, definitely didn't think of the concept of the whole of, of the Trinity at all. We did not think about that. We actually got confused yeah. by it. And we had to, we had to get like three meetings or something to, to discuss it and see, okay, which do we okay. believe? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And we had to like we had to like vote out a couple of heresies in order to get here. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. So so who, whoever who says that the concept of the Trinity is just made up, no, we studied it and came to the conclusion that that's what the Bible is saying and even if it's confusing, we can't make sense of it. We don't have a choice but to believe it because that's what it says. So we didn't make it up. Yeah. If we're going to make something up, we're going to we're going to say Jesus is not God. It's so easy to say Jesus is not God. Or the Holy Spirit right. is just a, or the Holy Spirit is just a thing, but no, they're three yeah. persons, like they're personal beings in one God, mm -hmm. and and it's easier to say that there's only one God, the Father, and then Jesus, the pseudo God, and and the Holy Spirit, the non God energy, than to say three persons, one, uh, yeah, three persons, one being. So yeah, um, that that's just a diss to anyone who says that. Uh, concept of the trinity is made up we didn't make it up please stop yeah <laughs> uh but yeah it's uh the concept of the holy spirit in jewish tradition is that um they have they use the word ruach it's this word for breath which is like a kind of nice to think about right mm -hmm. because yeah. this divine power personal power energy when you breathe in you're reminded that the life that you have is not yours. It was given as a gift and that um, eventually it can't, the ruach inside you will disappear because you can't make it yourself. But you do know someone who can and eventually um, in, the, in the Christian concept of the resurrection, eventually you'll have eternal ruach, eternal divine life energy. You know what I mean? So it's, it's just yeah, a beautiful cool. concept to have. Yeah, I agree. Um, so yeah, um, for the for my friends who believe that there's a god in everything, I, I don't know what it's called, pantheism or panentheism. I, I don't know what it is. Um, again, I don't have I don't credentials. Know the exact word for it. Yeah, but 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 there is a belief out there that there's a god in everything, right? Um, I think it's panentheism. I'm not sure or pantheism. 
But uh, but yeah, to those my friends who believe that, um, we actually more common than you think. <laughs> um, we just believe that it's not an energy; it's a person. Um, yeah, pantheism. You were right. Yeah, a person who cares deeply for you. Right. That's just the difference between that. Um, yeah. So yeah. Uh, next question from you. Um, we have uh, yeah. 15 minutes left before, because you're a busy person. I, I will respect your time. <laughs> yeah, I've enjoyed this so much, though. That's good. Uh, let's see. Next question. So um, as somebody who is a, you know, self-taught Christian and somebody who, um, you know, follows the Christian set of beliefs, um, how do you feel about concepts of things like reincarnation mm. and life beyond this life that is not the end all be all of your existence yeah um i do believe there's an afterlife let's just get it out there some christians weirdly yeah. enough don't believe it like it's crazy to me i don't know how <laughs> yeah same it's weird i was like you're a christian but you don't believe in the resurrection are you insane <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah uh i do believe in an afterlife um as for other concepts of afterlife like reincarnation <sighs> let's just say i will trust the person who was there which was jesus he died and rose again so if he says that when we die we go to meet god i kind of believe him <laughs> to be honest with you <laughs> right because uh we we, we can't like if we can scientifically, right, like measure, you know what I mean? Like yeah. if someone's dying and then you can scientifically find out where the soul goes or something like that. Of right. course, uh, I'll be like, let's go with that. But we can't. So what are we going to do? Um, yeah. So uh, I, I will trust, again, the person who was there. So Jesus died, rose again, and he says that whoever believes in me shall not perish, have everlasting life. So basically, you know, being in the presence of God forever, which is kind of nice. Um, being in the person who loves you and cares deeply for you forever. Yeah, I, I would love that. Uh, 100%. Yeah. Um, That's fair. Yeah. And um, since we're in the concept of afterlife, uh, can we talk about hell for a bit? <laughs> Absolutely. I know that's one of the things that you kind of turned you off with Christianity, but at, at some point in your life. Um, yeah. Yeah, the concept of hell, there, there's this misconception that hell is this um, burning furnace, like people, like God throws people into this burning, and then demons are the ones who are um, ruling over it. Um, that's Greek. That's not Jewish. <laughs> so... In Greek thinking, that's what the afterlife in hell is like. So, you know, the paintings and all that, that's Greek. But when you look at Jewish, it's kind of different. <laughs> um, a lot of people will put me on blast here. Um, I'm not saying that the, that hell doesn't exist. It's just it's worse than what you think it is. Um, if you think that hell is just a burning furnace, I wish it's that easy. But when you look through the Bible, it's actually much worse than that um, because it uh, Jesus describes hell as uh, fire and darkness. So I think they're metaphors, um, to be honest with you. And some people will say, oh, you think they're metaphors, so you think that hell is not real because they're metaphors? No, 
if you look at the desc- description of a metaphor, it, it's basically describing something that is far above what we can describe. So we use other descriptors, right? Yeah, that's yeah. fair. So, so if I can't describe hell in the language of humans, I will say it's hell is fire and darkness, which means, you know, in a fire, if you toss something in a fire, you're not going to recognize it afterwards. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like if I yeah. throw a piece of beef in the fire and I ask you later on what it is, you're not gonna, you, you can't say what kind of animal it was, because it's it's ruined, right? Yeah. And and with darkness, um, just think about when you were a kid. It was dark. You think you're alone. Like there's no one there for you, with you, and there are monsters about, and you're scared, right? Um, yeah. And that's that's the belief of hell that I hold. It's far worse than just burning. It's it's like because hell is a place where people go who reject God. Basically, saying God, I don't want you in my life. I don't want to be with you for all eternity. So God says, fine. And it just so happens that the place where God is not there is a very dark, lonely, and and this distorted place that you can't even recognize yourself like in. You know what I mean? It's 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 far yeah. colder and 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 lonely and and depressing than what people believe to be. Um, so that's why we discourage people from going to hell, saying don't go there. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, in heaven there's an eternal party. We're gonna party like crazy. Like we're we're gonna have water slides and everything. Like this is just my imagination. But <laughs> but if you look at if you look throughout the Bible, in the Old Testament, there's a lot of festivals for the Jewish people. You know why? Because God loves to party. <laughs> <laughs> and you know Jesus' first miracle? Um, first miracle is wedding in Cana. He turned water into... You know this. He turned Wine, water yeah. into... Yeah. It's not grape juice, guys. Please, don't believe <laughs> that lie. He turned water into wine. He Jesus loves to party. He keeps getting invited into parties. You know why? Because Jesus is a party person. <laughs> you know, you know who wasn't invited to parties? The religious type, because they're no fun. That's that's what it is, right? Jesus was fun. It's a fun guy. People invited him a lot, to the point that the religious people accused Jesus of being a glutton and a drunkard. But he did not drink too much. He did not eat too much. He was just invited to a lot of parties. That's about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, God is a fun God. Like if if who I, I have this argument with, uh, um, I didn't have this argument, but but I hear this argument all the time that heaven's gonna be boring. Please, if 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 you tell me that that hell's fun, it's a cold, dark, and and I won't recognize myself in that place compared to you know, God having a party for eternity. I'll be like, I think heaven is quite fun, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so please. But yeah, yeah. Um, hell is not a place. I'm gonna end off with this. Hell is not a place where you're brought to kicking and screaming. It's a place where you chose to be there because you don't want to be with God. You basically rejected God and say, "I want to do my own thing. I don't want you in my life." Um, you know, basically, you know, if you have parents, you you disagree, and 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 your parents say, "I still love you. You you do, you did me wrong, but I I paid for that. You know, on the cross, Jesus died for you, and things like that." Mm-hmm. I, you know, I basically we, we can have a clean slate. We can have a relationship again. You know, and and I I can accept you in my house again. And you're like, no, I would rather die on the street. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's like it's like God God didn't put you there. You 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 said you don't want it. So God's not going to force you to be in his presence. You know, you know what real hell is? When you chose uh when you chose to reject God and God forced you to be there. That's cruel, isn't it? Like it's yeah. it's kind of cruel when you think about it. Like yeah. pe- a lot of people want heaven but a lot of people don't want God. So like what are you going to do? <laughs> Cuz heaven is God, right? It's like, like wherever God is, it's heaven. So it's like it's kind of like you want your own heaven, go create it. If you can create it yourself, yeah. right? So yeah, yeah I I went into a ramble, sorry about that. But I just I just no, want to no, I, I just want to point out there that the at the concept of of the afterlife um it's universal to all cultures. There's a lot of people who believe it, right? Uh, even you know, non-Christians believe that there's an afterlife, right? Um, yeah. And 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 I think that's um, this is what I believe. It's not in the Bible or anything, but this is what I believe. It's just like we are. Um, there's something in us, like we are made to, you know, you know what I mean. Like we, we are made yeah. spiritual beings, right? Um, we're basically souls with a body. Um, for sure. Yeah, physical, right? Physical souls. So we can touch things, we can feel things, unlike angels who are pure spiritual. Um, so we have this sense in us that we are 90 or 80 or so years in this life is not the end. So there is an afterlife. Yeah. Um, um, you can decide what to believe, but I would rather believe someone who actually went to the afterlife or who was from there, which is basically God. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's that's the... I rambled too much, sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. Yeah, we only have five minutes left. Um, you have any follow-up questions? Last couple questions here. I don't think so. All right, so uh, five minutes... What can we talk about? D&D. We haven't talked about that. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, so, growing up, um, uh, when was the first time you played D&D? I keep forgetting. Uh, so, D&D was something that I basically had an interest in right from the first time I heard about it. And I was maybe, I don't know, 12 or 13. Okay. So, that um, was, what, 1980? I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I am 25. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, like, early 2000s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Early 2000s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, uh, like, mid-2000s, but yeah. Um, but um, it... Uh, I, I come from a small town, yeah. and it definitely wasn't anything... I, I never would have been able to find a D&D group. Yeah, what um, was it considered? Sa- age yeah, what was it considered a sa- Satan's game when you were your it was your age? Was it? I don't think so. Okay. Um, <laughs> the Satanic Panic was a 1980s thing. Ah, right, right. Uh, okay. okay, makes sense. And like, um, it was almost at the end of the 1980s. I really want to say it was 1989, but I'm not 100 percent sure on that. Yeah. Um. So I did a report about the Satanic Panic for one of my final projects in undergrad. But the, the 1980s was um, a blur for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> with the with all the drugs and the the alcohol and all that. Yeah. <laughs> um. But so, uh, like the end of the 80s, um, it, basically the 
woman who started the whole anti-D&D thing, which at the time was called Bad or Bothered About Dungeons and Dragons. Uh-huh. Um, it was because uh, some woman's son committed suicide and she blamed it on his D&D group because <laughs> he spent so much time with his D&D group. Surely this had to be his fault. And so they went on this entire tirade about um, like, oh yeah, my kids play D&D and there are demons in this game and there's devils in this game and <laughs> this game is full of violence and sexual things and alcohol. It's all a bad influence on our kids. Oh and my like, gosh. Yeah, and basically around the end of the 80s, beginning of the 90s, it was basically denounced. There are still a lot of people who believe that, you know, things like D&D, video games, and role-playing games in general are satanic. But it's just, it's a dead ideology. Nobody should take it seriously anymore. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I believe in demons and all that, but uh, I play D&D, and... You know, there are some out there who make it too far. Like the Reddit posts, man. You've seen the Reddit posts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are people out there who go too far with it. But uh, in moderation, it's just a game, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But uh, my first group um, that I played with, I was maybe 17 um and some friends that i had were homeschooled and um basically they were the ones that introduced me to D and tabletop role-playing games and okay we started a group um that we like got together every couple of weeks or whatever and played and um it's never really been a thing that has been tied to my view of religion in any way okay that's um, good yeah, like I fully understand the two things to be separate. Um, it's just in the D and D game that you and I played in together. Um, that was when I started experimenting with um, things like augury and um, claromancy, which is uh, divination of casting lots. So like <laughs> dice or beads yeah, or yeah, bones. Yeah. I don't use bones, but um, <laughs> a part of member of mine now use bones. Uh... <laughs> Oh, yeah, in, in their in their party, uh, in the party, yeah. He's a bird man who uses bones to do divination. Nice, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was when I started um, experimenting a little bit with things like divination, and so that's kind of how that came about. But interesting, for the most part, they've been completely separate things. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I did promise to say why it's banned, right? I keep forgetting these things. Uh, I'm not oh. a professional podcaster, but yeah, uh, Christians were banned to use magic because uh, <laughs> because we we believe in Yahweh, uh, Jesus, and Holy Spirit. We mm-hmm. we we trust in Him, so we we don't take things in our own hands and use other spirits to do our bidding. And plus, we don't know what we're calling. <laughs> Yep, yeah, nice. and uh, yeah, for in, in Yahweh's mind, when he warned us um, to not engage in these acts, it was during the Old Testament times. It was basically because a lot of religions around around Israel was like sacrificing children and stuff to do magic and do stuff like that. Oh, yeah, and and Yahweh doesn't want us to do that, so he's like, no, don't copy them, don't do that. <laughs> 
pray to me. I'll yeah. I'll, I'll take care of you. Like don't you don't have to do that. Um, you don't gotta do that, fam. Yeah, you don't have to. You don't have to do that. Like sacrificing. Your, no, don't do that. Like I, I got you. <laughs> I got you. So so whenever whenever God speaks to his people, he always reminds them, "I am Yahweh." the God who brought you out of Egypt, the God who gave you food and water in the desert. Like, he reminds them all the time. Like, I am the God that did this for you, did this, did this. You don't have to do those things and do magic and stuff yeah. like that. Um, because because he, he, he introduced himself to be a loving father, loving God. So you don't have to take it in your own hands. Just pray to him and, and eventually he'll take care of you. Um but yeah, there, there are accounts in the Bible with people who use magic, um, but but Yahweh beat them every single time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's basically a showdown of the gods, and Yahweh is like, I am bigger than any god you know. Like, bet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. That's our that's our Chad god, Yahweh. Like, <laughs> there's. Uh, <laughs> He's he's such a Chad. There's this one story where a king captured basically his throne, like Yahweh's throne, which is the Ark of the Covenant. He puts it beside his god to be like, oh yeah, our god beat your god. The next morning, his god statue, his, the head fell from from the god statue, and and nice. and the Ark is still there. And everyone was so panicked they they put the Ark between two oxes and the and make the ox run back to Israel. Like we don't want this. We don't. We don't want this. Like Ark of the Covenant that you have. Yeah. Like it's destroying our statues. It's crazy. So yeah. Like he, God always like shows that he is more powerful than any other god gods that you can think of. Um, so yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, for my friends out there who believes in multiple gods, um, there is a case where a diviner talked to Yahweh once. Um, uh, you can, I don't know, you, you're a diviner too, uh, Amanda, maybe you can do that. <laughs> because there is, because there, this diviner, he was paid to curse people in the name of other gods, right? So mm-hmm. there's this one time a king wanted him to curse Israel, but then he talked to Yahweh and Yahweh's like, uh-uh, say what I say. And he blessed them instead of cursed them. So yeah, he, 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 there is a case where a diviner can talk to Yahweh. Um, it's just that it ne- doesn't necessarily mean that uh, the diviner is, you know, worshiping Yahweh. It's a different thing. Having a conversation with Yahweh and worshiping is two different things. So try it out. Talk to Yahweh. It's, tell me what you think. <laughs> okay. the, my my diviner magic user friends out there, um, spiritual friends, talk. Just talk to Yahweh and and see what he responds with. I'm pretty sure you're gonna get a response. Um, just try it out. He's listening. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's like uh, you laugh, but like some people pray to Yahweh and 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 they're like, "Whoa, man, well that was an experience." Uh, but yeah, just a challenge to those who are listening. Um, yeah, but yeah, uh, it's been an hour and thirty minutes. Um, I know you're a busy person. <laughs> that's okay. I really appreciate the opportunity to be here today. Thanks. Yeah, man. Like I, I, I was really curious what you thought of everything, and, and I hope. That uh, our listeners learned more, right, about this. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and uh, again, my goal in the, these podcasts is to just show that you can have a conversation with someone, even if you don't agree um, with your beliefs, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's possible, guys. Please don't don't cancel people immediately. <laughs> Just talk it out, man. Like, what what is wrong with you? Uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, I really do appreciate you coming here. Um, I hope I hope you took away something. <laughs> I I know we just oh, for sure. you know I I I know we just rambled on and on, but uh, this is a good experience for me too. That's okay. Yeah, it was a great experience. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah, and, and and thank you for coming. Um, would you like to say anything to our viewers before leaving? Sure. Don't be afraid to do research for yourself and don't be afraid to ask questions. You'll never grow regardless of whatever religious belief you subscribe to. You'll never grow if you just keep putting these questions off to the wayside because they're not going to go away. They'll just keep eating at you. So don't be afraid to ask things and talk to people. Mm -hmm. Amen to that. Absolutely. Do it. <laughs> be inquisitive. <laughs> be curious. God yeah, actually, sure. yeah, like uh, if, if you're a Christian, God actually encourages you to be inquisitive. Ask questions like a child. That's that's what we are. Um, and for those yep. who are or not Christians, be curious too. It's It's all about curiosity. There's more to life out there than just the physical. Explore, you know? Um, yeah, for sure. But yeah, uh, thank you for listening, everyone. Um, again, thank you, Amanda, for coming. Um, yeah. I, ho I hope all of you have a wonderful day. And again, stay being crackheads, guys. Have a good night. <laughs> <laughs>